Alright, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise, thanks, love, and reverence is due to Allah, the Lord of everything in existence. Wassalatu wassalam ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And peace and blessings and salutations upon the, pref- the Prophet uh, Muhammad. Peace and blessings be upon him. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam taslim kathira and upon his family. And upon his companions and those who follow him also until you until the last day. Um so might just start into something, but um my supervisor always reminds me that because we're doing these things on platforms that are social platforms, we can be very real. And part of being very real is dealing with real life occurrences. So we actually just recorded for about an hour and a half or maybe an hour and some change. And in one click, it got erased. And uh, it was a reminder to me, because it's been some time since I've uh, worked in this field. I used to do things like this for about 20 years. And then for about the past 12 to 15 years, I've just been raising children and uh, working as a teacher and just handling daily life responsibilities. <laughs> really like, <laughs> for, <laughs> I shouldn't reference this, but I will. Um, for those who saw Superman, I think part two, it might've been part three, the old Superman, when he decided decided that he wanted to uh, get married to Lois Lane. And so his father was like, well, you'll, you'll lose all your superpowers. <laughs> and he was like, okay, that's all right with me. Cause I'm in love. <laughs> and so, uh, his superpowers were gone. And so he did that for the sake of love and to get married. And <laughs> the funniest thing is that, so they go out and they go to a place and some dude decide he going to, you know, jump bad with him. So he started thinking, you know, he ain't never not had powers. So he's like, yo, whatever. And dude is a big, strong dude, but he's Superman. He don't know what big and strong mean. And so he does something to disrespect his wife or whatever. Uh, uh, and so Superman, I guess you would call him Clark Kent in this situation. He's looking like, yo, you got a problem? You got a problem, partner? So, so, so whatever it is, the dude hit Superman and hit him hard in his stomach. Then hit him and knocked his glasses off. And he fell on the floor, on the floor and he like, yo, I'm, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. And he never saw blood before come out of him. He realized that he lost all his superpowers for real. And like, he couldn't do anything. Anyway, the whole point is that that's kind of how I felt. Uh, You know, you raising children, you doing things like that. And you forget about the things that come with this work. So I'm saying all that to say, that's what it reminded me of. Because um, when you're working in this work, you realize that you have to have your silah or your esliha, however you want to call it. You got to have your weapons ready because when you step into this work, it's bad enough when you're not doing anything except living normal life, the shaitan going to come at your head. But when you step into this work of trying to step it up a notch and trying to bring everybody up together, he comes at your head strong. Some of the scholars of the Salaf used to say, that's how you know you're doing something right because you see he start coming at you even stronger. And the deepest thing is that the whole thing spill that I'm about to give you is a spill about having humility. But the craziest, almost ironic thing about that is that the, the other side or the, uh, the flip of the coin, the other side of that is that you have to know who you are and what you're doing. 
and it's not something where you're trying to be special. Like the Prophet Sallallahu said, uh, oof, I can't remember the hadith in Arabic, but the, the explanation of it was, he said, I'm the 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 best of of creation uh, of mankind and and i'm not trying to boast a bad brag it's just i and i say you do what uh and and i say you do well the adam and i say you do well the adam he would say um I'm the the best or the top level of all of the children of adam and i'm not trying to boast a brag Okay, uh, Yusuf in his situation, he says, uh, "Put me over the situation of the of the of the 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 in the the warehouses, the the yeah, the treasury. Put me over the treasury, and I'm responsible for that because I'm hafizun alim because I know how to take care of it, preserve it, and I have knowledge about this. So the point is, is, is that." The flip side of making sure you're not boastful and arrogant is to recognize the gift or the thing that Allah gave you and why shaitan is going to come at you and try to knock you down. So it's like, okay, it ain't that I'm anything special, but I know with this particular thing, he going to come at me stronger because this is something that is uh, is is something that Allah is blessing me to be able to do, you know, or have some experience doing. So, for example, a plumber that's coming to fix a, a, a pipe in the masjid. And he got to know, okay, I'm coming to do my skill in the mesh. I got to be extra careful because I know Shaitan don't want me to fix this plumbing in the mesh yet because that means more people won't come or do the bathroom, whatever, to, to put tiles in the bathroom, whatever. I'm not going to be extra right, making sure I'm making extra dua because it's something that he extra don't want me to do because it's something that's going to bring people closer to Allah. So it isn't even about the skill of being able to speak. It's about doing something Allah said, Okay. Uh, he said that each that each man has a situation or something that's for them and each woman. But the point is, he said, ask Allah for his fadl. Every person Allah gives fadl, ask Allah for his fadl. Once you recognize what that fadl is upon you, because everyone has their own gift. Once you recognize that, then use it for the sake of Allah. But as you start to use it for the sake of Allah, realize that's when he's going to come at you because you can do that like water. It's like natural. And so it's going to be like, nah, he's not going to use that to call to Allah. He can use it to call to shaitan. He can use it to call to something else. He can use it for pastime. He can use it for money, for himself. And I'll get at him. But if he's using it in order to bring people together for the sake of Allah, I got to get at him even stronger. And so the whole point is, is that we got to be on our extra, extra guard once we step out to do something for Allah's cause, when we start step step out to do something that we know might give us some some elevation with Allah, be careful because all shaitan is going to be trying to do is to debase you and put you down. So that's the flip side or the other side of the coin of what I planned on talking about today. And like I said, I just did this for about an hour and a half. And so I'm going to try to do it. Bikhtisar, and some I would have to do it because a lot of the points that I brought up were not points I planned on bringing up. And so I won't remember them, I mean, possibly. I and mean, the law knows best. So the point was, is that uh, it had to do with the situation of the Moroccan team that was that reached the position that they reached in the soccer tournament in the, the world. Yeah, the soccer World Cup. OK, so I'm not a necessarily a big soccer fan, but I realized like most common people realize that. Okay, this is a, a Muslim country and they're going pretty far. Okay, you're hearing all the people saying this has never been done before. Oh God, they beat they beat these people and they beat these and they beat these and it's like okay, okay, well let's pay attention. The point is, is so I stumbled upon 
a video on Ilm feed, YouTube Ilm feed. Uh, and it was a video of those players and they were the, like so humble. They were sitting there like there and they were just being humble and happy and said, we, you know, we making prayer before we go out and we make dua to Allah and we recite the Fatiha and stuff. And it showed how humble they were being. And I immediately thought of the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu that whoever humbles themselves for Allah, for Allah's sake, then Allah will raise them. And I looked and I was like, wow, I really like, maybe that's the reason why they come. The Allah is using them to do something amazing because it's showing, you see these pictures when you open up the news and it's showing them hugging their mothers. And it's like, and somebody in the comments, that's what they said. They said, you have probably a million mothers making, making dua for you just because they saw you doing that with your mother, you know, and all the people making dua for you guys to be successful or whatever. And it was like, wow, they just hum being humbly just doing the right thing. And Allah is raising them. They say they're making dua before they go out. They're hugging their mothers. They're showing Islam in a different light. Something that's like a dawah, you know, just by them being themselves and using what? That gift that they have. And Allah takes it and does what he wants with it. Okay. But then, of course, you had some of our brothers and sisters that they, was putting, they were putting too much stock into it. And, uh, and the last thing before it got cut off, I was talking about, I gave the example of Muhammad Ali and Frazier. I'm not going to get so deep into it, but it reminded me of that situation. For those who know it, for those who know, Alima man Alima wa Jahila man Jahil. Those who know, know, and those who don't, don't. But the situation with Ali and Frazier was that Ali, Muhammad Ali had just became Muslim and he was like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to the war. And the war he's, so he took a stance about going to Vietnam. He said, I'm not going to go and fight those people. Those brown people are just like me. They ain't do nothing to hurt me. If anything, I should have a problem with these people that's, that's oppressing me here. So we said he's not going to go. And so he became the enemy of America. And so uh, he's supposed to fight Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier ended up getting the belt because of the fact that Muhammad Ali got penalized. So when it was time for him to come back and start fighting, all of the white people and all of the business people and everybody was for Joe Frazier. And Joe Frazier, even though he had a rougher and tougher uh, African-American life than Muhammad Ali did, uh it it, it 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 happened that because he was getting investment from a bunch of white businessmen and Muhammad Ali was just coming up doing his thing, then it ended up becoming, okay, everybody has to choose sides. If you're down with Joe Frazier, then you're down with the government. If you're down with Muhammad Ali, then you're down with the cause. And it was just ridiculous. But the point is, if you go back and look at the archive videos, you'll see like people cheering and they're like, no, Muhammad Ali got to win because he's all about right. He's standing for the right. And they put too much stock into the situation. They were both good people and excellent fighters, okay? And, and Joe Frazier was not a bad person anyway. He was a good, humble dude. Joe Frazier is a humble dude. He just had that skill. He come like a steam engine, just keep on going, no matter what you do, left and right, and just keep him. So he had a skill just like Muhammad Ali had a skill. The point is, is, is that when Muhammad Ali got knocked down in that last round or the round before the last, he got knocked down, jumped right back up. That one knockdown made him have to lose the fight because Joe Frazier never got knocked down. And the whole point is everybody, they like was literally crying in the streets, like how, looking shocked, like how could this happen? Oh, wait, but he stands up, he's, he's, he's the cause, he stands up for everything. Put too much stock in something. So now you have to learn how to be humbled. You don't put that much stock into anything. So the players were doing just what they're supposed to do, being humble.
But sometimes when people put too much stock in something, like we had said before, then it turns into a situation where now Allah has to teach the Muslims a lesson instead of using it like he was using it in order to show people who are non-Muslim about Islam. Now he has to turn around and teach the Muslims a lesson. We mentioned Yom Ahud uh, after the situation when they were winning and then the, 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 the archers, they came down off of the hill without permission. And so everything switched around. And then the situation with Yom Hunet, with Yom Hunain, if Ajabetkum Kathratukum, Felam Togni Ankum Shea, or Lokot Ali Kumul Aldubima Rahubet, Tumma will late to Mudbirin. And so the Toba, Allah Jalla Ala talks about Yom Hunain. And Yom Hunain was, it was a, a battle that happened right after the Muslims had gained uh, numbers. And so most of the people that were there, they were new in Islam. So they didn't have the levels of Iman as the Mahajirin and the people who, were, you know, went through persecution or whatever. They were new in Islam. And so, but when they saw their numbers, they thought, yo, we got this, yo. Because if we were beating every war when we were just small numbers, and we got all these Muslims now, yo, it's over. Nothing can stop us. So they got, you know, they got a little too arrogant or too self-confident, I should say, because they had quantity and didn't realize that it's about Allah's situation when you have quality. How many times did a small group be the big group be because Allah gave them that victory? So the whole point is, is that Allah had to show them. So they get into the battle and they start realizing that it ain't going the way that they think. The, well, we got the numbers though, but it ain't going the way that they, what did, did they think. And it felt like the earth was constricted upon him, even with his, with his vastness. And then they had to turn around and regroup and had to get themselves together. They had to regroup and get themselves together and they had to learn a big lesson from that. So the whole point is, is that as long as you keep yourself humble, then Allah will raise you. But anytime that you raise yourself or others raise you to the point of tarafur, then the opposite of tawaldur is tarafur. And when you do that, then you have to be brought down. So I wanted to bring um, um, a hadith, excuse me, <clears throat> a hadith that uh, many people may, may not know. But to me, it was the perfect hadith to remind us of this moving forward. Excuse me, I feel like I'm about to sneeze. So I'm trying to let it come, but it's not coming yet. So please be patient if it happens. Okay, so. Um, so is a hadith that the Prophet wasallam said, I'm just pulling myself, pulling up to it real quick. So give me a second. Is hadith the Sahih can be found in Nasa'i where an Anis radiallahu an called <clears throat> كانت ناقة لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم تسمى العضباء that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم had a camel that was named العضباء and we know as we said before that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم had uh, one of his sunnas is that he would name his camels he would name uh, his swords he would name different things and naming him of course brought a connection so those people who name their dog and name their cat are like this this is from the sunnah it makes you take care of things better it makes you realize that this is a creation of Allah it's not just something to be thrown thrown to the side like a slave or even a slave you're supposed to take care of or something that means have of, 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 of without significance something insignificant so the whole point is he was named uh, she was named al-albat a she camel okay uh, فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم, wait, mm -mm. وكانت لا تسبق 
and he had never she had never been beaten before, which shows that the Prophet used to do particular competitions. So many times apparently he had competed she had, he had competed with Sahabas and with different people, and every time that she came won. Okay? Okay, so then one day a Bedouin came and said, I would like to challenge you, I'd like to challenge you in racing. So the Prophet is humbleness, okay, no problem, let's do it. So the Sahabas are there and they're watching. So they take off as, as normal and they're going. And everybody's thinking, okay, the Prophet's gonna win as normal. And then this other this this Bedouin's camel starts to come up, come up and passes and beats the Prophet Sallallahu or beats the Prophet's camel Sallallahu um in the competition or in the race. Okay, so this was difficult upon the Muslimin to see this. They're like, wait a minute, that's the messenger of Allah. Okay, it's the messenger of Allah, but it's his camel. Okay, messenger of Allah, so he said, even gave bad advice one time. It's in Bukhari, I believe, but it might be a Muslim to some people that were bought, they were tilling a field and they asked, you know, asked them advice on how to plant the, 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 the how to plant their, 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 plant their, their vegetables or plantation or whatever it is, their, their plants. And the whole point is, he they said this or this, and he said, well, try this. And then everything went wrong, and they came back and said it went wrong. He said, I'm the messenger of Allah. So I said to him, I get why you from the Samad, but this is just a normal thing. I gave you my advice. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. He's a norm. The thing that's the most important is when he gets wahi from the Samad, he gives it to us. But we're still in his dunya, and in his dunya, things go up and come down. So the point is, is that he saw how difficult that was upon the upon the believers, and so he looked at him. He sees that they're taking it back. So he says, "Wakalu subiqatil adwa." But adwa, what happened? Adwa just got defeated. Somebody beat him. Somebody beat her. So he looks at them and he says, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam, inna haqqan ala Allahi an yarfa an la inna haqqan ala Allahi an la yarfa shay'an." Okay, he said that verily it is the right upon or the right of Allah that anything that is raised up in this dunya, then it'll be brought back down. Or what goes up must come down. Okay, what goes up must come down. And like I said before, when I heard that, I remembered the statement of one of those uh, poets, those poets when he was growing up. And he said, what goes up must come down, but not me, clown. And you don't hear from him now, do you? Because that's the nature of this dunya. It can go up, come down, then go back up possibly. He could have went up in some other field. He could have finished college because he was a university student just playing to be hard. So he could have went to university and became something else and went up in a different field. But the nature of things is that they go up. And then they come down. They can go up again and then come down again. Or they can go up to to their to their apex and then come down or to their pinnacle and then come down and never go up again. But that's the nature of things in this dunya. Okay. So there's another narration of that in the Nisa'i, beloved Haqqun. Allahi and la yarfa ashayun nafsahu fidunya illa wadahu. Okay, so there's another narration that says there's not a single thing or person that raises themselves up in this dunya, except that Allah will have to disgrace them. Okay, and bring them back down to their place. You know, when I say disgrace, it doesn't have to necessarily be disgrace, but just humble you back down, huh? teach you a lesson of humility. Okay, bring you back down to your place. Remember, remind you how things go in this dunya. All right. So the point is, is that in this is Isha Fihi Isha Ratun. 
إلى الحفل على عدم الترفع والحفل على التواضع على التواضع. So in this, <coughs> Sheikh is saying that in it is a lesson to stay far away from raising yourself like you're somebody special. Okay, now if Allah raises you, then He's going to take care of you. Like He said in the other hadith, that the person who asks for a position, then they're going to be on their own. But the person who is given a position, then Allah will aid them in it. So Allah raises you like in a situation like we said with Yusuf or the situation with the Prophet Sallallahu situation with all the NBA. Allah raised them to that situation. They didn't ask for it. They never wanted it. But in every situation, Allah knows best where to put his risalah. He's always going to put it on a humble person that ain't looking for it. Okay? So the whole point is, is that if you raise yourself up like you're something special, then know that you're going to have to get humbled and put back in your place. Okay, so don't do tarafur, and instead you're encouraged to do tawadur. Don't raise yourself up like you're someone special, but instead you are encouraged to humble yourself and have humility. All right, and like we said before, the situation with the Prophet ﷺ, he came into a town and he was on a, uh, a donkey with a sahaba in front of him, a young guy in front of him, and a young guy behind him. And they said that that's how he entered the place, and they're looking like, you know, like, it showed the humility of the Prophet It showed the humility of him, you know. And like we say, you go to Puerto Rico or you go third world countries, and you'll find people, and they have their whole family on their motorcycle. Of course, some people look at ha ha, look at the poor little bit, but they're they're showing humility, and opposed to leaving their family somewhere or not helping them to stay catch the bus by yourself because I got a motorcycle. It's like this is what Allah has blessed me with. I'm going to put my family on it. So they put the young ones in the front, put the wife in the back. The wife is carrying, is holding the baby and they go and Allah bless them and keep them safe. And they make the dua rukub, the dua when you get to go on your mountain beast and or your riding beast and they're okay by Allah's permission. Every time, alhamdulillah, tabarakallah, mashallah, I've seen that so many times I can't enumerate and I've never seen a single one. And I used to look like, oh my God, that child's going to fall. How's the wife hanging on the back of there holding a baby and... And Allah takes care of him, mashallah, to barakah Allah every time. And it's just an amazing thing, okay? So the point is, is that as long as you are humble, then Allah will raise you. But if you raise yourself, then expect to get put back in your place, all right? So the point is, is that coming back to what we said is uh, don't raise people up above their level. Don't put too much stock into the situation. You make dua for them and you keep it humble. We brought up another situation, which is even complimenting people. When you compliment them, when they're doing what they're doing, you make sure that you mention Allah. Yo, you're doing real good, Allah, you better feek. MashaAllah, it's a barakal law. Because of the hadith where the situation happened where it was two uh, companions. And they were friends already, loved each other. But one of the companions did something where he was washing his arm or something and he showed a piece of his arm and that shows you that they had humbleness about them. They weren't like Benny Israel where they all wash up naked and so Musa had to come and wash separately from them because they just all walked and washed naked together. They had humbleness about them so they didn't see each other. They knew they was friends. So this was the first time he saw his arm. And you know how it is when you're living in the desert. You might have a tan arm, but then you pull back your, your, your sleeve or whatever, and it's all bright up under there. So he saw his arm and saw his skin. It was like, Mash, like he didn't say mashallah. He said, wow, you got skin like the skin of a baby or a newborn or something like that. The other companion fell out unconscious right there. Boom. So they see what happened. 
And so companions had to come. They try to wake him up. They can't. So they pick him up unconscious and thrust him to the Prophet So as soon as the Prophet sees him, he says, Which one of y'all want to kill his brother? So they explained the situation. Oh, so they explained the situation. And then the Prophet first had to deal with the situation, which shows you what those people who first thing they do is pull out their phones and start recording instead of dealing with a situation. There's the new thing now. Somebody getting a car accident. Somebody's dying. And the first thing somebody do is pull out their phones like they're a journalist instead of going to try to help. The first thing he did before he gave him advice, he's like, this person is unconscious. He could die. That's why he said, who wants to kill their brother? And so he tells the one who made the who gave the compliment, he tells him quickly, make a full, complete wudu and let the water fall into a basin under you. And so he made the full wudu. Then he got that water from that basin and he uh, 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 put some of it onto the man who had passed on codes unconscious. And that's how the man woke up. So it was a rukya, a form of rukya. OK, um, which shows what he'll say. I'll tell you. And that's how you know it's a form of rukya, because afterward. He said, turned to the Sahabas and he said, don't let any one of you see something that he likes from his brother or sister, of course. And except that when he sees it or compliments him on it, he says, mashallah, tabarakallah. And you don't have to say it to them. You could just say, yo, that was nice, mashallah. You don't even talk to him. You can talk to a third person. Yo, you like that? I, I saw uh, uh, a Volkswagen. Yo, this joint was in spanking shape, mashallah. So he took it out of the 60s and put it right there, brand new. I'm like, mashallah, yo, the joint is real nice. Mashallah, it's about Allah. So anyway, my whole point, because, you know, we had, we loved love bugs when we was growing up. You know, you remember Herb, uh, what is it, Herbie the love bug and all that, you know, and Bumblebee from Transformers. That's why all that stuff was famous for kids, because when we were growing up, kids loved the little Volkswagen, yo. It was like, that's me. So anyway, the whole point is, is that when you see something that you like, whether you're talking directly to the person or whether you're talking third person, you got to remember Allah, mashallah, it's about Allah, you know. Allah, you better fee. Make dua like that so that you remember Allah because Allah is the one who gave it to him. The Prophet said in the hadith, he said, because when you don't remember Allah, it gives shaitan strength like a thunderbolt against your brother. Okay, so the whole point is that you have to be very careful to do that. For the person who has these things, they have to constantly make dua against the evil eye because the evil eye comes in two ways. It could be because somebody wants it or because somebody is happy that you have it, but they don't say, MashaAllah. All right, so I will be kedimatillahi tama, min kulli shaytanin wahama, wa min kulli aynin lama. The, the, the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to say, I seek refuge with Allah's great word from the shaytan and all their evils and from the every evil eye or from every evil shaytan and from every evil eye. If you can't remember that, I'll give you one easier to remember, but you should go and find and remember that. But I'll give you one that's easy because half of you already know. Say, I will be kedimatillahi tamati. And then, min sharima khalaq, from Surah Al-Falaq. Min sharima khalaq, okay? Or you can say, a'udhu billah, if you don't remember all that. But if you don't know Arabic well, a'udhu billah, min sharima khalaq. A'udhu bi rabbil falaq, min sharima khalaq. But uh, mention Allah, and then say, min sharima khalaq. I seek refuge with Allah from everything that he created. All right. But the best thing is to go find the sunnah of the Prophet, so and find in hadith and see if you can memorize it. And then also, the statement of, the, of, of Abu Bakr. You can say it in English if you want. He used to say, Allahumma la ta'khudni bima yaqulun wa kfilli lima la ya'lamun wa ja'alni khayrun mimma yavunnun. When somebody would compliment or they would be talking compliments, he would make dua to Allah. Oh Allah, 
don't seize me with punishment because of what these people think of think of me thinking I'm something special and forgive me for what they don't know about me and uh, or make make me better than what they say about me and forgive me for what they don't know about me again oh Allah please don't seize me with punishment because these people think I'm something special and and and, and make me better than what they think about me and forgive me for what they don't know about me so all these things keep you humble you know keep everything humble all right so I'm going to bring this because uh, I was trying to do Bikhtisar I still am but it's always important to bring some statements from the scholars of the past regarding these things okay so Ibn Patal when he was compliment uh, uh, when he was uh, commenting on this on this hadith he said fihi hawanu dunya ala Allah wa tanbi ala tark al mubaha al mubaha wal mufakhara okay so he said in it in this hadith uh, a benefit is that it shows that the things of this of this worldly life is nothing special. It's, it's nothing to Allah. So he lets people get it and don't get it or whatever. Uh, and and we're going to test you. Allah says, I'm going to test you with good to see if you're going to thank me properly. And I'm going to test you with difficulty to see if you're going to be patiently persevering through it. And know that you got to return to me to answer for all of that. So I'm going to give you this, give you that. And he said in the other hadith, the Prophet said, he said that if this dunya, if this worldly life meant even the, the, the amount of a wing of a gnat or the wing of a fly or whatever mosquito, the wing of an insect, that he wouldn't give a sip of water to the ungrateful to the to the ungrateful one or the one who's being ungrateful or disbelieving okay that he wouldn't give a sip of water to the one who's being ungrateful or disbelieving but it means nothing you know Surah Zukhruf, the whole reason why it's called Surah Zukhruf was because it's because of these ayats. In the ayats, Allah Jalla said, if it wasn't for the fact that I know that all of mankind will become one nation upon disbelief and ungratefulness, he said that I would give to each person that is ungrateful and that is disbelieving, I would give to them, uh, 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 what is it? Jalla Liman Yakfur Bi Rahman. Uh, yeah. He said, I would give them mansions that the roofs are made from out of silver. And like, you know how you got like the escalators and stuff like that? Like some like beautiful way that where you ascend to, which means that you don't even go in to the door from the flat ground, but you got to like ascend up to the door. And then you go into these castles with big silver uh, 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 silver, genuine silver rules. And give them big, beautiful gates that's made out of whatever, and 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 places to recline on in there where they can just relax. The whole point, he said, I would give all of this stuff to them. Okay, and zukhruf which is the name of the surah, means all kinds of adornments. They have gold, earrings, all these necklaces, all this stuff. I give, I give it all to them. And all of that is just from the from the 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 the, the temporary the temporary enjoyments of this dunya, and the end will always be for the believers or be for the ones who fear Allah, meaning the hereafter. So the whole point is is that this world means nothing to him. So he'll give and he'll take. So the whole point of the statement of Ibn Battal. <clears throat> Fihi dunya Allah that this world means nothing and that's why he gives it to everyone and see who's going to do right with it. What and it is a tambih or to pay attention 
or to bring attention that you have to leave off the, the things of being boastful and bragging, okay? You know, I got this and you got that. Yo, I got this like this, you got that. No, no, we don't do that. We don't do that. No. You say alhamdulillah for whatever you got. You say alhamdulillah for whatever they got. You don't. You say alhamdulillah they got it if you love them. And you say alhamdulillah they got it if you don't love them. Because you can put the evil eye on them. And the thing about the evil eye, people be looking like, hey, I'm going to eye them out. Yo, the thing about the evil eye is it's a double-edged sword. The judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, like they said in the scriptures before. What you do to others, will do to you. Like even the other guys say, what goes around comes back around again. When you iron that person out and they lose what they had, know that you're going to get ironed out and something's going to be taken from you. I've watched it and I've felt it in my, whole, in my own life. You don't even realize it. It's just like, yo, that's nice. That's a nice one. Then you realize, yo, they lost that. And it's like, yo, I hope that wasn't a reason. And then you find out because years later you have something nice and then you lose it. And you can tell because of the jazab and jinsal amin. Because everything... Uh, 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 this is a a, 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 a qaida, basically a rule of how Allah made this life work is that that the recompense you get is going to be directly connected to something that you did. So if you sit like the Salaf used to do and think about what you did, you'll be able to, when something happened to you, you'll immediately be able to attach it to something that you did to bring that on. Whether it was not to say mashallah about something, whether it was to look at somebody and like something that they had and then they lost it, whether it was to think it was a, it was a statement of Prophet Sallallahu said that it's not a single time where somebody say, and that, like, I don't know how that could, somebody could do that, except that now they've opened themselves up to be tested with the same thing. So the point is, don't be boastful. Don't be bragging everything that comes for you or for anybody else. Remember, you remember to remember Allah. All right. Allah. وَأَنَّ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ أَهَانَ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ فِي مَحَلِّ الضِّعَةِ فَحَقٌ عَلَى كُلِّ ذِي عَقْلٍ أَنْ يَزْهَدْ فِيهِ Okay, and everything that's, 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 that, that has little meaning or little value to Allah, then it's because it's not something special. So be careful to overindulge in those things, okay? If these things are not special, then, then why? It's a hadith, and it's a hadith that's sahih. Where it says that I just read it just just maybe two or three days ago, and it's Sahih. It says that a place to sleep for yourself, a place to sleep for your wife and your wife and your family, a place to sleep for guests, and if it's another place, then that's for Shaitan. Hadith is Sahih, and it doesn't mean that you can't have a little extra, but what it just means is don't go too far being extravagant. You got people that got fifty room houses. Uh, 50 bedroom houses and nobody comes to visit them. Do you realize that we have empty space for a long period of time, especially if you ain't saying Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, those are the places that the Shail team left to live in. That's the reason why you have the concept of haunted houses because either somebody did something evil in their house or the house was left empty for a long time. And so that's where the Shaitan like to be, just like they like to be open in open, uh, an open, open deserts and in places that's vacant. That's where they like to hang out. And once they lay claim to it, they don't like to give it back. So you're living in a 50-room mansion, coming in every day, drinking, stinking with chicks, using one or two bedrooms. And then you feel, then you're trying to understand why you hear stuff moving around in the house when ain't nobody there with you. Don't go overboard. It's nothing to a law. Make sure you get what you need. And, you know, a little extra, but don't go overboard trying to get your agenda in this dunya because our time is in the akhirah. All right. Um <clears throat> We'll call it Tabari. And Imam Tabari said about this. Fihi tawadur. Maslahatu deen. Wa dunya. 
And Imam Tabari said about this, that in this hadith shows that being humble, this will give you your success and will correct everything of your affairs, both in this world and in the hereafter. For in the nas, Okay. So if a person uses this humility in their affairs in this world, they'll see that it'll take away a lot of the jealousy and a lot of the uh, 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 quarreling and the things that happen between them and other people because they're trying to get this dunya. And at the same time, they'll be able to relax and don't have to worry about always being tired, trying to chase after getting things. You're okay with what Allah gave you. If you got something special, you say praise and thank Allah. What you don't have, you get what you need without getting all stressed out. And there won't be people who brag and boast. The last thing is the statement, uh, and in it, it shows the perfect character of the Prophet and his humility and his character. Because he was totally okay with the better one beating him. He is thinking, oh man, I embarrassed myself in front of my companions. What's going to happen now? Maybe they'll leave the religion or maybe they'll look at me different. No, he's like, not only was he okay, right in front of the Bedouin, he told the Zahabas, look, this is the lesson y'all supposed to learn from there. He's totally fine. Y'all the ones feeling something about it, so let me tell y'all this lesson from it. Okay? And, uh, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Aha. Yo, this is why I love my man right here, my man Azak, yo. He listened to the wording of it and he said, you know what? Actually, we can get out of that. The fact that he even agreed to do this with this dusty butter when it came out of nowhere and said, I want to race you. And he said, yo, you don't deserve like, like, you not, yo, battle Kalofik, yo, battle Kalofik. He ain't even look at him like, yo, you too low. I ain't going to race you, yo. He looked like, sure you want to race then come on you want to have competition let's go and so just the humbleness of humility of him just even agreeing to it vertical vertical see that's why you gotta have people around yo word up it's it's yo it's alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen alhamdulillah it's a blessing and 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 i heard from one of the scholars before they said the best thing that a person who wasn't born or raised speaking Arabic and don't know what Islam can have around him is someone who was born and raised speaking Arabic and knows the Quran and the Sunnah, mashallah, tabarakallah. So, because there's certain things we ain't going to get. Just like if, you know, with us, if somebody says something and it's like, no, actually, yeah, that could be gotten out of it. But I think that this is the thing. This is a better point. Like, that's how it is. And everybody got to be like, alhamdulillah, mashallah, the situation with Umar and his son. When they were with the Prophet Sallallahu and he asked, what, what, what tree is the believer most like? And Ibn Umar, he had in his, in his head, like, it's the palm tree, but he ain't seen that because he was a young boy back then. And it's all the oldest Sahabas. And they were like, we don't know. And then he said, is it not? And the Prophet Sallallahu said, it's not the palm tree. Is it not the palm tree? When they left out, Umar's walking with, with his father. And he said, oh, my father. He said, when the Prophet asked that, he said, it came to my heart to say the palm tree. He said, well, why didn't you say it? He said, I was embarrassed because all your old people were there and y'all didn't answer with an answer. So I didn't say nothing. And Umar said, if you would have said something to me, it would have been better than the Humar al-Na'am. It would have been better than like the best gift, that, uh, the best uh, uh, um the best, uh, you know, the best possessions during the time of the Arabs, which is like the red camel or whatever like this. So the whole point is, is um, uh, 
is that you gotta you, you never know where Allah is going to place that thing that you need and you can't get it if you which just comes right back to what we talk about ain't it come if you being arrogant and it's like I can't take from this person I can't take from that person oh interrupt me and then, yo we missing points so that's the point of that statement mashallah tabarakallah is that just for him to even agree with that better one to say, all right, let's do it. We're going to race. You, you want to race? I'll give you a chance. You know, I'll let you come on. Just the fact that he did that showed his humbleness. Battle call off feet, man. Yeah, you break it a point. It's when you, yeah, and y'all know how it is. Once you got a position, you ain't trying to let nobody do, use that. And you see it, I, I, I get a chance at that. And you see it in sports, especially. It's like, why would I give you a chance? Like, like he said, like he just said, he said, even if he wasn't a prophet, it's like, I got the, I got the belt, basically. I got the, the, the goal. Why would I give you a chance? What have you done to deserve this chance? But instead, it's like, you want to do it? Let's go. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Barakalawfiq, yo. Barakalawfiq, yo. MashaAllah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so the point is, is that, you know, I want to get into it with you more, but you said I got to focus. So, I'm focused. All right. So, <laughs> All right, so the point is, is um, I'm just looking to see if there's any other point that I want to cover. I think that that's it for this situation. Okay, so we're going to leave it right there. The point of it is, is when these situations come up, always make dua for the person that you see doing good. Make dua for them that Allah continue increasing in good and use it in order to be, you know, another way to show everyone around the beauty of this religion and the people who follow this religion. Okay. And always make sure that you carry yourself in a way that you're, that you're humble. Because like we said, the two versions of the Hadith both mean the same thing, but from two different angles. One is whoever, whoever is ra- or whatever goes up, then it's going to come down. And now the, whoever raises themselves up, like there's something special, then they're going to have to be brought down. So in both situations, you want to just make sure that you're in humble, when Allah gives you, mashallah tabarakallah, when he gives someone else, mashallah tabarakallah, if he takes, he taketh, he giveth, and he taketh away. Y'all, y'all know growing up. This is the thing, yo, y'all don't realize we were actually, it was a ni'mah in some ways, many ways, for us to be raised around the people we were raised around. Because we weren't raised around people that were arrogant and people who they knew their, their religion and used to run away from it. We were raised around the difference between uh, our Christian relatives and many different people is that they were humble and they did it the best that they could. And Allah refers to people like that in the Quran, which is why some of them, so many of them became Muslim. They were sincere and they would say these different statements that they knew from their scripture. He giveth and he taketh away. Uh, you reap what you sow. Uh, the judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And all of them is exactly what the Prophet said. Uh, I mean, what Allah said in Surah Al-Najm. Did you not hear the statements from the pages of Moses? And from Ibrahim before, who used to who used to everything that Allah had him do, uh, or told him to do, or asked him to do, he would complete it. And then they started quoting the statements: "Allah tazidu wazira that no bearer of burdens can bear the burden of another. How many times you heard our grandparents say that, yo? Man will only get what he strives for. How many times we heard our relatives say this stuff, and they weren't even Muslim; they got it from the scriptures of old. What and you'll reap what you sow and you will see the results of that which you reap of that's of that which you sowed like all this stuff was like when you read it it's like it's like i can hear my grandmom and granddad saying out their mouths they knew nothing about islam 
But all they knew was their scripture and he stuck to this stuff. God don't like ugly. Situation of back up, back up away from them, man, because a lightning bolt is going to hit them. Did you read a Surah Tarad? It's called Surah Tarad because of what? Where you, 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 where Sorterad. Did you ever read that ayat? It's literally what the old people used to say. They'd be like, back up because God don't like ugly. A lightning bolt might strike and hit them. Allah Jalla says, and the your the rod, the the the, the thunder sound, you said hamdi. That this is the rod making tasbih to his Lord to the point that when that stuff happened, the sahabas would be scared and say what they would say, you uh 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 they would say all praise due to or all praise due to Allah, the one who the 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 thunder right now is making praises to him. And one of them used to say, Subhanallah, talking directly to the ride, to the thunder, and saying, I praise, I'm praising the one that you're praising right now. The whole point is, is this what? Well you said and the angels praise him out of fear. And he sends the lightning bolt. For you see, will be having yeshah, and they strike whoever he wants. In the tafsir, the Sahaba said, the person who's not making dua out of fear when those when he hear those sounds, then they're the ones that's in line for the lightning bolts. And if you get, if you didn't, he used to, Ibn Mas'ud used to gather his whole family around. He used to make them make dua when the, when the thunder and lightning would come. Because he said, as long as we remember in the law during this time, then we won't get hit because it only came in order to hit people that's doing wrong. That's what the lightning bolts are for. For you to see the swag, for you see what we have in your shadow, whom you jadi lo nefilat, and after he's shown you this, y'all still arguing about 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 Allah. Well, who was shadidul mihal? So the whole point is, is that it's so many things that. If you just do right, you get right, that we learned growing up, then now we have solid proofs from the Quran and Sunnah that show you how right they were and how on point they were. It's a blessing from Allah that we had that growing up. So I'm saying all that just to say, keep yourself humble. That's what they always taught you. Keep yourself humble. And like I said, they didn't have much knowledge, but the difference between a Christian and a Jew, I just have to be very straight, is that Jews got a lot of knowledge and they kind of just decide to do other things. They decide, okay, yeah, we know what's right and what's wrong, but... Yeah, we're going to run Hollywood. Yeah, we're going to run the music business. Yeah, we're going to run uh, 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 the movie business. And they put stuff in that they know ain't supposed to be doing. Christians, a lot of times, it's, they, they, they be sincere about what they know, but they don't know that much. And so what they know, they live by, but because they don't know that much, they don't know, they don't have, you know, and then it's preserved with them, then by Allah's permission, you'll see them the way the ones that's going into a slam when they hear about it, you know? So that's just what it is. We're just speaking truths right now. So my whole point is, is that, Thank Allah for what you have. Keep it humble. Keep it humble. And by Allah's permission, he'll raise you. All right. That's it for now. Inshallah, we talk another time. Keep me in your du'a. I make du'a for all of you. Everyone that's in my, that's in ear span or eye span, ear shot or eye shot. Do I'm saying? I make du'a for you guys. That Allah raise us together and that we'll be in Jannah mutakabilin. All of us be in agenda in thrones looking at each other happy. And make dua for me. Until next time. Sanaa wa alaikum wa rahmatullah. <laughs>